Hello and welcome to this edition of the Green Pole podcast. Today we're going to be previewing the uh, return fixture against uh, that lot down the road. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Thibaut, Kieran. How are you? Hello. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yep, yeah, yeah, not too bad, mate. Ready to uh, ready to get into this. Looking forward to it. Um, should be a good one. Yeah, it should be. Should be. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to to touch on. Obviously, I've not spoken to you for a while, so um, just to touch on the, the Sunderland performance and uh, some of the players that came in, the likes of Wilson and Solomon. Mm. Um, uh, do, do you think any of them have an opportunity to to start on Friday? Yeah, definitely. I think Solomon's one of the leading contenders who should be starting on the weekend. Um, since coming back from injury, he's shown promise in in various cameos. And of course, the full 90 on the weekend against Sunderland, which of course we drew. Um, I think he did really well and really brought a spark to the team, which I think we've been lacking recently. Um, so I'd, I think I definitely want to see him start, uh, perhaps over Bobby Deckard over Reed. Um, because Willian against Chelsea, it seems inevitable that he's going to do something good again, um, like we did previously see. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll see Solomon um, starting, and then I think that'll be the only change. I can't see our new signings, Lukic or um, Cedric, make getting um, going being thrown straight in yet. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I agree. I think I think Solomon gives us something slightly different. Obviously, we've all raved about him. He picked up that horrible injury, uh, and I really feel like he's going to be a, a new signing for us in Gen from yeah, uh, from now on. Basically, I, th- I feel honestly he's he's a step above what we have in the wide areas. Obviously, Willian has proven a lot of people wrong, but Solomon was the one that when we signed him, I was like, "This is the guy that's going to take us to the next level." So yeah, and no, I'm I'm with you. I agree. I think that he he's definitely earned the opportunity. Will Silver drop Bobby Reed with the amount of effort that he puts in uh, I don't know if he will but I, I think you know a lot of people would say they want to see Solomon start now where mm. do you stand on Diop because obviously it was his his mistake that led yeah, to Sunderland's goal it's, it's an interesting one because of course he's he's Mr Reliable really he's really proven and he's earned his place in the team of course he did make a mistake which led to the goal it's a very unfortunate mistake um but doesn't every player make mistakes personally so i can't see a reason why we would drop one of our arguably, arguably one of our best um center backs of course tossin's good ream has been sensational this um season I, I think against a stronger a much stronger chelsea team i think it would be quite silly to drop him um because of a um one poor performance and one mistake so i think we should keep faith in him um see how he does this week which hopefully will be a much better, much better against the strong Chelsea side, even if we don't get out get the result we wish um, to get. But yeah, I, I would keep him in the team. I must admit, I, I agree with you again on that. Um, just, I know he made that mistake, but I also I like the fact that he came out afterwards you know, when he was talking to Ivan Barry. He, he, he owned the mistake. Yeah, definitely. Which, you know, sometimes you don't hear from players. Sometimes they go and go and hide. But he was quite happy to to say, "Yeah, hold his hands up. It, it was my mistake. Didn't get rid of the ball quick enough." Obviously, Tossin is pushing him. He's pushing him hard, week in, week out. Obviously, in training, and Marcus Silva will have have a decision to make there. But I, I do think that that Diop will be will be alongside Reem on, on Friday night. Yeah. Um, any, any anything else? Anyone else you, you saw on Saturday? Harry Wilson maybe 
Yeah, we could, we could fitness, see a cameo he, from him. Also, I thought he had a good game against Sunderland, to be honest. I thought their, their goalkeeper had a cracking game and I thought Harry Wilson had some had some good opportunities. Yeah, I mean... Created, created, started to create some good chances. It kind of reflected how he was in the Championship. He really kind of sport, sprung back to life a little bit. Although he didn't get a goal, it kind of felt like we were watching Championship or last season Harry Wilson again a little bit. Um um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he um, gets any minutes against Chelsea, which I'm sure he will coming up the end. But I don't think he'll be starting. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Really, um, it's also brilliant that our return fixture on Sunderland is live on BBC One for all the viewers yeah. next Wednesday. I think I should just add that in there. Um, yeah, I was just about, just about to mention that. Oh, <laughs> wonderful! Everyone, but you, do just, you know, it's a lo- it's a long way to go. So for for those fans that can't make the effort. You know the trip to go up there because they're, they're working or whatever reasons. It's on BBC One uh, on the eighth of February. So, yeah, hopefully everyone can tune in and see see Fulham get through so, to the next round three. against Leeds. Was it against Leeds? I think we, we drew if we get yeah. through. Leeds at yeah, home, so. so hopefully we progress because then we can get another Craven Cottage um, FA Cup tie, which would be grand. Yes, it would be good, and obviously to keep to keep progressing in in the competition. Marco's obviously said that you know we're doing our best in the competition this year so going to give it a good right good go definitely um obviously before the Sunderland game we 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 had the Spurs game where I felt that we missed our opportunity to go in at half time in front uh, and then obviously what happened with Harry Kane sucker punch and then the second half kind of just didn't didn't get going really I know I know that's all been covered in previous podcasts but did you did you feel that you know maybe we've just been a bit unlucky the last couple of games in the Premier League or is it just the case yeah. of you know we need to just get get that win under our belt now? Yeah, we've, think... we've had a few, few results now where it's not not really worked out for us. Yeah, definitely, I definitely agree with that. I think we need I think we need another win. Um, if it doesn't come against Chelsea, I think I definitely see it coming against Forest. Um, but I think obviously we we've been a bit unlucky, of course, very narrow defeats, which is the big difference compared to before the World Cup, as we've mentioned countless times. Um, we've only conceded one goal. It's been a narrow and a tough defeat. Um, of course, Newcastle was a bit of a sucker punch right at the end. We were on course for three, maybe even one point, depending on how you look at it. Um, Spurs again, we should have been on. We should have been ahead by the break, but unfortunately, we didn't take our chances. And again, we were a bit unlucky going forward. Um, in terms of what's to blame for that, I don't really know. Um, but we must just move on from it. You don't. You're not going to win them all. Um, and every professional team that is doing well is is obviously going to have low moments in in the season. So we can hope that we do return to winning ways because I think a win will really really kind of add to the momentum and get us started again, um, which is where we need to be because we've got a, a kind of a good run of fixtures coming up, which are definitely winnable ones. Um, and we, if we can get as many points as that from possible, I think we can, we'll be in a good place um, as we enter the, um, towards the, the end, the conclusion of the season, though it is a long way off. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I must admit, I agree. I, I just, I, I, watching those games, like the, the Newcastle game and the Spurs game, I, I just felt that, Maybe our luck was out in those games. It wasn't a case of we were outplayed in any, either of those games. We we just we just didn't have that that spark in the final third, which obviously you know we we touched on it. Maybe Solomon could be the man to give us that spark in the final third. Um, so so yeah, I'm, I'm 
hundred percent. I agree. I think you know going into Friday, nothing to lose. So who knows? Maybe we can pick up pick up the win again. Um, obviously, we've got we've got to touch on Chelsea's incredible spending in it's January. Yeah. Some of the stats that I've I've seen today just it's just mind-boggling because you know, they spent more than the entirety of all the other top five European top European leagues mm. uh, in, in this month, and yeah, it's, it's just it's just it's just crazy, isn't it? Let's face it. I mean, if, if Enzo Fernandez is worth 120 million, then what is Jude Bellingham worth in the summer? You know, it's, yeah, they've they've taken it to another level, really, and it's just going to mean. I mean, if someone comes calling for Palinia now, surely with we're talking over 100 million, right? Surely. It has to happen. If we if we take anything below 100 million, I don't know what the world's come to, to be honest. But as you said, it's it's pretty extraordinary business from Chelsea. I mean, first of all, fair play to them because they've backed Graham Potter, um, stuck with him. I think now that he's had the transfer window, I think their, their, real, their rebuild is working. Um, and hopefully, um, for them especially, not, not from our perspective, but for them, they hope that the results will start turning around they'll pick up and they'll reach the top four, which is their ultimate aim. Do I think it will happen? I think they'll fall short of the top four. Um, but I definitely see them picking up form because they've got some class players. Um, Mudrick is definitely one to watch. I think he's definitely going to be a, a real threat to Fulham on the weekend should he start or even even get any minutes, which I'm pretty sure he will. Um, but yeah, the players they brought in, they're all quality. Um, so I can't fault them on that. But of course, the expenditure is a little bit off the off the scale really it's kind of it, i don't know if it's damaging to football in terms of the amount of money um that's being kind of like thrown about or if it's if it's just adding a new level or just what we can expect from the modern game really but yeah it's it's quite it's quite supreme and quite extraordinary from chelsea to be honest yeah no i, I mean some of the, some of the contracts are just ridiculous i know it's it's a loophole that they say they found in, in in the financial fair play. But when you're when you're signing players to eight year contracts in this day and age, players very rarely stick around for that period of time. So Chelsea are going to be paying for these players well after they've left the the, the, the club. And I don't know. I, I guess I guess you've just used the correct word that I'd use, which is damaging. I think it is damaging to football. Um, and I think it is another step towards the European Super League, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah. It just show, it just shows you that these clubs, if they wanted to, if FFP wasn't an issue, they could go and blow everybody out of the water. Um, and, it, it, you know, it's frightening to see, really, t- to be honest. I mean, you say that they've backed Potter. I don't know if they actually have backed Potter. I don't know how much input he's had in it. Obviously, no one that isn't in and around it will know that. But to me, it just thinks it just seems like Todd Bowley's gone in there and gone, I want big names. I'm going to throw loads of money at it. You know, almost like he's playing, you know, a game of football manager or something or FIFA. Yeah, FIFA career mode. Yeah, it's just, it's just staggering, to be honest. I know Enzo Fernandez is a good player, but, you know, six months ago, he signed for Benfica for 10 million euros from River Plate. Six months, that's that's not enough time to, to judge a player, in my opinion, to be honest. Mm. You know, I I think it's a staggering amount of money. Is it same with Moises Caicedo? I know Arsenal didn't get him in the end and they went with Jorginho. For me, I think Jorginho is probably the better option at this moment in time, to be mm. honest, because 
the January window is such an inflated window. There's the, the, the players that move, they move for a stupid amount of money. And obviously we'll touch on our window later. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, uh, Chelsea have just, they've broken for me. They've broken football transfers this, this mm. window. And I do think it is damaging for the future. Future, like I said at the top of that um, that piece there, that Belling, what, what's Bellingham worth now? He's got the English tax on him because yeah. he's homegrown in England, and that you know, I saw bids going in for Conor Gallagher at forty-five million. There's no way on really? his earth Conor Gallagher really? or Anthony Gordon are worth over forty million. That's for sure. It, they're good, exactly. players. They're you're, good you're, players, but I wouldn't value them any any anything above twenty-five. Exactly. You're paying for, for potential that may or may not happen. If you look at a player like Deli Ali, it happened for a couple of years and then he fell off a cliff. Mm. Um, and you're paying for that English tax because you need X amount of homegrown players in your squad. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's very damaging to, to football uh, transfers both now and in the future. Um, mm. But, you know, they'll do what they do. They had... Russian money before, and now they've got Todd Bowley in charge playing football manager. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Just see what happens. That's, well, that's it. That's exactly it. So obviously, we touched on it a bit earlier on, but um, your lineup for Friday. Um, how, how would how would you line up on, on Friday night? Um, in terms of changes, I'd say we go back to the original, uh, the, the the usual four at the back in terms of Robinson, Ream, Diop, Tete, and Leno. Obviously, that's the what we usually expect from defence nowadays. Um, hopefully they'll be on top form and will be up for the challenge because it will be more of a challenge this time. Um, midfield, I wouldn't change. Reed and Polina, chuck them in. They'll be fine. Um, the only change I'd make would be Solomon in for Bobby Deckard over Reed, considering Solomon, I think he deserves a start. He, as we said already, he's been class. And I think he'll add that extra spark that we need to go on and push forward um, against a fairly strong Chelsea side. Um, because I know they still don't have Jao Felix and it's been quite a while since a player that was sent off in the reverse fixture has not played against the, the same team. Um, but we can't complain because that's that's something we can, we can use to our advantage. Of course, they've signed plenty of players since that will, some of them will make some of them will make their their impact. Um, they've also got plenty of players returning from injury as well, such as Rhys James. So it will be interesting to see how they have an impact, and I think they will. They'll definitely benefit the Chelsea team considering considering the poor run of form they have. And I think they'll want to they'll want to use the Fulham's previous result as as kind of a desire to to push on and beat us this time. Um, and if we were to complete the um, complete the double six pointer over Chelsea, then I don't know what I'd say. I would I would be gobsmacked, but I would be absolutely in awe of this Fulham team. <laughs> um, so I think we'll see something like that, and I'm hoping it will be a good game. Um, and I'm hoping it won't just be a push aside or a, or a late heartbreak. Yeah, I don't know if I could do with another late heartbreak. We've had a few of those this season, to be honest. Yeah, too many. Yeah, too, way too many, to be honest. Um, so obviously, you you said about bringing Solomon in. Does does that mean that you're Thoughts are that we're going to go there, no fear, go at them, try and get in front, get the crowd to turn on them a little bit, you know, yeah. that sort of type of thing. Because obviously, you know, yes, they brought in all these players, but they've got a gel, mm. you know, they've got to work together, they're working under a new manager. A lot of them have come from different countries, they've got to 
adapt. So yeah. how how do we go about getting in their faces? How do we go about winning this football match on Friday night? Oh, I, th- I think Fulham don't go into any game with, with fear. And I think this will be one of them where we really need to see Fulham at their best um, because of course as you said it does in terms of all their signings it does really pose the question of whether they will work as a system when in a unit because if you add loads of new players into the team straight away it can affect how they work together um, we've seen it with Forest. you can't add so many random you can't sign a bunch of players chuck them in a team and expect them to win it just doesn't work you have to have time and you have to like bond them together in which it does work over time and I think it will Um of course, I'm kind of happy we're playing Chelsea now because I can see them kind of developing over the time and we wouldn't want to play them when they're at a strong point. So I think playing them before the strong point or now is is beneficial for us because it means you don't have to face them again. <laughs> um, in terms of how we approach the game, um, I think go into it, no fear, give it our best, um, attack them as much as we can. And I think we need to be a bit more clinical in the final third so we can we can get the goals we need. And yeah, just depending on who's playing for Chelsea, make sure that everyone's kept at bay. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping it will be a thriller, and I'm hoping it will be a, a Derby Day classic, um, which hopefully Fulham will be victorious. Yeah, um, I think you're right in in saying that you know that it's a good time to play them because if they do throw Enzo Fernandez straight into that midfield. He's more than likely going to be playing alongside Kovacic and Gallagher or Kovacic and Mount, um, which for him is probably something he's he's going to have never done before. So he's not going to know how they play. So maybe Palinia and Reed can get on top of him because they work really well together. So they'll know what each other's doing. Pereira buzzing around as well, pressing high. Um, Mudrick is one that worries me. I've seen a lot of Mudrick. I know he's... He's only, you know, he's raw because he's come from the Ukrainian league and, you know, he's not proven at this level yet. But he's he's definitely lightning quick. The ball sticks to him like glue. And I do think that Kenny Tese is going to have his work cut out on yeah. uh, on Friday night. But yeah. if there's anyone that could do it defensively, I'd put Kenny Tete, Tete ahead of any other right back in the Premier League. So... Mm. Defensively, you know, he's statistically, I think he is top in terms of um, players that dribble past him. Only, I think, only two people dribble past him this season. So that's that's a brilliant stat. So hopefully that stays the same. Yeah, exactly. But I agree that it's a good time to play them. For me, I still think that Chelsea are very much lacking when it comes to an out and out goal scorer. Obviously, Jao Felix. He's suspended, which is right, right, obviously rightfully so for that stupid tackle he made. But for me, it'll be Kai Havertz playing as a false nine once again. Potter clearly doesn't fancy Aubameyang. So if we can nullify the threat on the wings, I don't think they have much potency going through the middle. Obviously, that's probably going to be famous last words now. But um, <laughs> touch wood. But no, that. I, that's the way I look at it. I think that if we can nullify the threat on the wings, which is obviously going to be hard because, you know, Madrid, Sterling, Madueke, Mount, Mount will go out that way in the games. He'll drift out wide. You know, they've got some brilliant players, really. And like you say, they've got some coming back from injury who will play 
some part on Friday. I know Rich James, is, there's been a lot of talk whether he'll start or whether he'll just come off the bench. But I know they want him fit for the Champions League, so I'm not sure he will start on Friday. Um, yeah. But but if, if and when he does come on, he, he is undoubtedly England's best right-back. I guess, again, it's good for us to be playing them now because he's just coming back from an injury. And the same the same goes for, for Ben Chilwell, who apparently could well feature at some point on Friday night as well. So we just have to really, like you say, they've got they're gonna they're gonna be a lot stronger than they were when they played us last time. I think Badashile will come in for Kunabali as he has done the last couple of games. Yeah. So again, you know, he's he's quite he's strong, he's quick, he's young. He'll play alongside Thiago Silva instead of having the dump truck that is Kulabali. Um, so yeah, I agree. It's good. it's a good time to play them, but obviously they have so many great individual threats. Um, but hopefully we can go there and, like you say, you know, we, we won't have any fear. Marco will make sure of that. So hopefully we can go there and make it a night to remember. It would be ideal. Um, so obviously, transfer window slammed shut yesterday. Um, let's just have like. A quick summary of how how things went in terms of Fulham's transfer business. It was so nice to be sat there, not panicking. Are we going to get such and such over the line? Can mm. they save our season? Can they keep us up? It was just so nice to see things done. Definitely calmly. It was calm. It was, was just it was fantastic. Very calm on deadline day, which isn't like Fulham considering previous. I'm a, I'm a massive deadline day guy, and I will sit and watch the whole thing. And I'll panic and bite all my nails. And yeah, it's just, you know, as you know, you know, I love transfers. I'm 100% all for the transfers. But yeah, it was just lovely to just sit there and put my feet up and go, you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you're a top guy at covering them as well. So it's definitely good you can put your feet up now. Yeah. Um, so first of all, let's just talk about the departures. Um Obviously, Josh Onama left by mutual consent and uh, Nathaniel Chalabar went on a permanent deal, which was surprising, to be honest. I thought it was going to be a loan at first, but it turned out to be a permanent move to uh, West Brom. Um, big wages off the bill for two players that aren't playing much football at Fulham. Um, what, what's your thoughts on, on, on the departures at the club? Uh, I think we, I think they're definitely expected, considering we were looking f- to strengthen in the central midfield areas. Um, as obviously, I, I definitely respect and rate Chalabar and Onomar, but they weren't up to the Premier League quality that we were wanting, and therefore, it would only make sense to to real to really kind of expand and improve in that area, considering how well our two starters, Reed and Pelini, are doing, and their accumulations of yellow cards, and all sorts that could happen. Um, in terms of Onomar, I think him leaving, I think obviously we it was difficult to find him, find somewhere for him to go. Um, but I think by um, by terminating his contract, I think he he was he felt happy. Um, he's he's had a great few years here. Um, I'll never forget when he turned into Maradona. Ma, I need to say <laughs> Maradona Noma. <laughs> I can't say Mar- the Maradona version of Onomar um, against Cardiff City. Um, back in 2021 that was a great moment um of course his late winner against Leeds as well as another notable um 
moment. So he's, he's had some great Fulham memories. Um, obviously joined Preston North End now in the Championship, and I wish him all the best. I think he's he's had a great Fulham career, and I wish him. I'm, I'm sure he'll have great, great a great career in the future. Um, in terms of Chalabar, he has been a bit unfortunate this season in terms of performances and um, obviously getting getting in ahead of Polina and Reed. Um, but he was a key key player for us um, throughout the championship season last season. So I've got to give him respect and uh, rate him for that. Um, of course, um, it's a shame to see him leave, but at the same time, it does free up the um, the space again for, for improvements to come in for the central midfield. Um, and I wish him all the best at West Brom. I'm sure he'll be there, um, one of their main uh, midfield options. As they, as they, um, are they, are they seeking promotion or something? I'm not, I'm not sure. Are they whereabouts? Are well, they? and they started off really poorly. They, they were uh, down yeah. in the bottom, bottom three at one point. But Corbrand's come in and picked them up. I think they're, mm. they're about seven or eight points off of the playoffs. So well, in that league, can... you just never know. You know, you could yeah. go on a run, a la Fulham. Hopefully, you know, so. can um, um, help them pick up form a little bit um but yeah on and on Chalabar two players I definitely rate um they've helped us in previous years but I think it's time for them to move on as we um seek a new a new kind of quality that we need to stay in the Premier League yeah yeah and obviously the other one that didn't happen was Kevin and Barbu. a lot of people mm. thought Kevin and Barbu would go out the door uh there was late interest from West Ham but it never came to anything um there are still windows open and there is apparently interest from some Turkish teams taking him on loan. Uh, it's just not worked out for Mbabu. And I think if he doesn't go now, uh, he, he's definitely going to be off in the summer. So, yeah, um, yeah. hopefully we can get him out on loan and maybe get a few more uh, thousand pounds off the off the wage bill, really, for the next six months. That's, that's the best you can hope for. He goes and gets to play some football and, mm. you know... He, hopefully happy again. I don't know what's happened now between him and the club, but it just hasn't worked out for him. So, you know, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. It's a big risk every player takes when they make a move. So Exactly. Um, let's talk about the ones that nearly happened, didn't happen. Um, obviously, the big one was close to deadline day. I think it was the day before deadline day that uh, Sander Burge or Sander Berger, Berger, uh, yeah, yeah yeah, he he came into the spotlight. We we were very much looking at him. Um, apparently, an offer of around twenty million went in for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Norwegian uh, sports outlets have said today that his his agent was actually in London discussing the move with Fulham before the Sheffield United owners did a U turn and decided not to not to sell either him or Illiman and Jai. So yeah, he'd have been a good signing, wouldn't he? To be honest, definitely. He'd have been uh, a really, really solid addition. Yeah, it it definitely fit into any sort of Premier League side because he, he's a very, again, a very exciting prospect. Um, if you look at it that way, it's a shame they pulled the plug though. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll see what happens in the summer because it's it's interesting that Sheffield United are still in this transfer embargo when I thought they would have they would have managed to sell their way out of it. But I guess if the owners are, are happy being in the transfer embargo and they're doing well, then I guess they'll continue on with the same players throughout the rest of the season. And I guess we'll, well they've um, summer. they've announced that they'll um, they'll be out the embargo by the end of February anyway. They plan oh, on okay. paying it off, so I think I think that that's why they pulled the plug. Yeah, probably. Both players said that they were happy to stay at Sheffield United, so mm. they pulled the plug on it. 
yeah, it's a disappointing one. Um, the other oh. one is obviously the exciting uh, young Brazilian defensive midfielder, uh, Andre Trin- Trindade, Trindad, something like that. I don't know. Um, Andre. Yeah, you just call him Andre. Yeah, uh, Fluminense, who, uh, you know, the Brazilians teams seem to be producing these incredible central midfielders now. Jao uh, Gomes, Andre Santos, uh, Andre himself. Um, you know, so there's, I'm sure there's some I've missed as well, but, you know, they they seem to be producing these incredible young defensive midfielders. Um, and he's another one. He's been, he's been scouted by Liverpool, by Barcelona. And, uh, yeah, a couple of days before deadline, it was, uh, his agent came out and said that Fulham had actually made a move for him, tried to get him on loan, um, and then make the deal permanent in the summer due to FFP reasons. Um, but apparently today, another article's come out from Brazil saying that uh, Fulham will return for him in the summer. I hope we it's do. It's clear that we're looking for another defensive midfielder, isn't it? It's, it's very clear that already looking to the summer, Fulham want another defensive midfielder. Definitely. Uh, I mean, obviously, we we sold... Or oh, Chalabar and Onomar have now left, so it makes way. It seems to obviously make way for two, two more midfielders to come in. Um, I think we do definitely do have enough depth to to keep us going to the end of the season, and in the summer we can hope that we can strengthen further, and um, get enough off another midfield replacement. Yeah, in terms of the depth, I know a lot of people were a bit, you know, scratching their heads and wondering why we didn't pick up another central midfielder. Well, it's because we have now got. The options in there that can move around quite a lot. So Andreas Pereira can drop into the eight if needed. Harrison Reed can drop to the six if needed. So if one of them is out injured, we can shuffle around because Bobby Reed can play as a 10 if needed. So, you know, the, the options are there. I'd say we've probably got six players that can play in and around that area if, if, if Silver needed it, if we had a big injury crisis or a couple of people suspended. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy with the business we got done, but um, not necessarily exciting business, you know, last minute deadline day deals like Fulham normally do. But like I said, at the top of that section, it was just lovely to to sit with my feet up and go, I don't actually mind what happens today. Um, right, let's talk about the incomings then. We'll start with Cedric Suarez because a lot has been made of this deal that's gone on the entire mm. window. I'm sorry. Um, and, it was on, it was off, it was on, it was off. Um, and he, his wages have been a big issue here. His wages have been what a lot of people are saying. Look, he's 31 years old. He's on 100 grand a week, well, nearly 100 grand a week. Um, we shouldn't be paying that for a backup right back. What's your thoughts on Cedric Suarez joining Fulham? Um, I'm very happy with the transfer. I think he's a, he's a great player. He's been proven over previous years in at Arsenal that he's... He's certainly capable of playing in the Premier League. Um, of course, he's here to be a, a replacement for um, Kenny Tete, and I think he understands that he won't be starting every game. Um, so yeah, prov- provides real depth in, in that fullback area. Hopefully, can bring something um, that Kevin Mbappé obviously somehow clearly can't bring to the club. Um, and yeah, it's exciting to see him um, play in the Fulham colours when it comes around to it. Um, very happy with the transfer and, and glad it's finally been um, secured until the end of the season. Yeah, so the way I look at it is with Chalabar and Onuma going, 
off of the wage bill. And I believe Lukic coming in on something around 40 grand a week, not including uh, bonuses and whatnot. Uh, we're actually using a lot of their wages to pay the Cedric wages. So again, it's good business by the club. It, it works out to be roughly about 1.8 million for the six month loan. We're not going to get a player of his ability for 1.8 million in the January window. Mm. I think it's a really good bit of business. Marco knows him. And also one of his key attributes is crossing the ball. And obviously with Alexander Mitrovic in the box, crossing the ball is key to the way we play. I think in games against the likes of Chelsea, we're going to see Kenny Tete because he defensively, he's the best. Mm. But going forward, I do think sometimes he stifles the attack. So I do think that maybe in games against the likes of Forest, West Ham, teams that we believe that we can go at and we can beat, attacking-wise, I think we may see Cedric play a bit more in those games. Yeah, definitely. Um, because he is an attacking fullback, and I think that that's what Marco wanted on the right-hand side. And I think, personally, I think that that's why Nico Williams ousted Tete last season towards the end of the championship season. Um, but that's just my personal opinion on that one. Mm. Um, yeah, so overall, I'm, I'm really happy that Cedric finally got done, to be perfectly honest. It's great business by, by the club. I know his wages are big, but they're covered by the, you know, the departures of certain players as well. Um, I think it's brilliant, brilliant business by the club, to be honest. Um, and then obviously, for me, the most exciting one and probably could turn out to be the steal of the window, Sasa Lukic from, from Torino. This it's guy... Yeah, he's full Serbia international. He can take a penalty, which is very good to hear. Um, he plays in the 10, the 6 and the 8. He can use both feet. He plays off both feet. He's very versatile. He's, you know, I, I, I could string off so many things to say about this guy, but he's just incredible from what I've seen of him. I've, I've watched a lot of Italian football and he runs games. He's the sort of player that's going to come in and run games. And I, I love Harrison Reed a bit. But Sasha Lukic, once he gets going, is going to take his place. Mm. Um, Definitely. But for depth-wise depth wise for Fulham, depth-wise depth for Fulham, I think this is a real step up. Losing Onoma and Chalabar and replacing them with someone like Sasha Lukic is like taking a Ford Escort and swapping it for a Ferrari, in my opinion, <laughs> that's a great. He is a great. Um, he is he is brilliant, and I know I'm going to keep going on about him if I can. But for the price that we've paid for him, it's an absolute steal. Um, yeah, what what do you think about about Sasha Lukic coming in? Yeah, I think you've summarised it pretty well there. I think it's it's an absolute steal, and I think he'll he'll be a, a very important part of our midfield going forward and into the second half of the season. Um, I think he'll start. Obviously, I don't. I think he'll obviously start on the bench a few times, and then if we see him playing well, um, particularly in the cup games which are up, upcoming, I think we can definitely see him feature for for um starting in games and even playing the full ninety in that midfield role, guessing alongside Polina, if not Reed. So, yeah, it, I'm really happy with the signing. I think with the Serbian link up with Mitrovic as well will work really well, and yeah. Looking forward to seeing him play on the Fulham colours. Yeah, so it's uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, second half of the season. Um, 
with these new signings in. Marco's got what he wants. The squad's stronger than it was. Um, what can Fulham achieve this season now that we've the, the window's shut? Now we're heading into the second half of the season now. Oh, well, I mean, I think it will still stay with the same um, the the same um, goal of staying up. But once we've reached that um, 40, 40 or that safety mark, I think uh, the sky's the limit. Really, um, see how well we can do if we get European football. That's a bonus. Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing Fulham get stuck in. But I think we need a run of wins or some good results um, to get us started. Brilliant. Right. Uh, just going to close. I want your prediction for Friday night. I know it's a hard one. Yeah, it's a difficult one. You know, you don't want to jinx anything. But yeah, your prediction for Friday night. As I said, I think it's going to be a, a West London derby thriller. Um, and I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw, um, which will be well earned after Chelsea come out fighting with a, a very strong team. Nice. Right. I... Uh... I think that we're going to go there with no fear. We're going to hit them early. We're going to get in front. Um, and then in the second half, they're going to pick us back and the game will end one all. Not bad. I think we both agree on the draw then. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we'll we'll prove a, another point to Chelsea on Friday night and shut a lot of their fans up. <laughs> right, Kieran, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Anytime. Thank uh, you very much. Hopefully we'll be back with... Uh, review of the Chelsea game, hopefully after a, a, another Fulham victory. Um, it's been great chatting to you, mate. Anything you got to say for the fans? Of, Not really. Come on, you whites. Not and, really. Um, Come yeah. on, you whites. Absolutely, yeah. mate. 100%. Right. Take care. Have a good evening.